Jackie Tantillo with you for another episode of Should Have Listened to My Mother. I'm always open to your ideas and suggestions. If you'd like to send me an email, if you've got a story idea, a story to share, my email is Jackie at shouldhavelistenedtomymother.com. You've got to spell out each word. Jackie at shouldhavelistenedtomymother.com. I'd like to introduce you to this week's guest. She's the CEO, founder, and clinical director of Vita Therapy, Inc., a licensed marriage and family therapist and professional clinical counselor from Studio City, California. Welcome, Zilat Lopez, to Should Have Listened to My Mother. Love it. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to share <laughs> your energy and your background. It's a wonderful story. It's really great. I'd love for you to share the story of how you got your inspiration and beginnings in this particular field. And, of course, we'll talk about your mother and mothers in general. Can you tell us your mom's name? Yeah, my mom's name is Anna. Pretty simple, right? Uh-huh. And where you are Latina, where is your family originally from? I'm both dad are from Mexico. They're from the southern part. So um, that part of the world contains most of my ancestors. And then they're out, more of like the Caribbean and also even some African roots. And you are first-generation American Latina? I am. I am. I'm first-generation business owner, college graduate, and uh, here in the country. First wow, one. that's pretty amazing. Do you just like jump out of bed every morning and... <laughs> <laughs> jump up in the air and say, look at what I've been able to do. I mean, that's the hope, Jackie. But if, internally for me, it's really about, you know, my parents came to this country for better opportunities, so I'm going to take it. Yeah, I think you're very lucky. They worked very, very hard. Nothing is free in life, as they say. And and I know that um, it's a challenge. It's And especially in these times, it's very challenging. So your mama is Anna. Do you have siblings? I do. I, I, we're actually all girls. I have two sisters. Fantastic. And um, tell us a little bit about, you have a great story to share, because I know that listening is an important aspect to your profession. How did you get going in this psychotherapy field? Yeah, it's really interesting, Jackie. I actually am a licensed hair and makeup artist in the state of California. I actually went to beauty school when I was 16. You know, I tried to stay out of trouble and then just learn something new. I actually was the youngest cosmetologist licensed in 2005 for California, and I just loved it. And over the years, I started having great conversations as a barber with men, seven years, Mac Cosmetics, you know, getting women ready to go down the aisle. And little by little, I started realizing that it wasn't so much about the aesthetics I was, you know, providing to them on the outside, but more the important questions and conversations we were having. So I figured, heck, like, I'm a therapist already. I might as well go to school and get paid for it. <laughs> I went back to school. I got my degree in psychology and then in marriage and family therapy. And five years later, after graduate school, here we are. So now I'm the CEO and founder of two different companies, one that coaches, you know, professionals to develop their practice and one that helps individuals heal from their mama drama or just their difficulties with mama. <laughs> I love your mission statement is to help individuals live more healed than wounded. That's right. It's very purposeful. I'm, I'm a big believer that there's two important days in your life, the day you're born and the reason and um, the day you find out why. And that is that is truly my mission. My mom actually helped me uh, cover that mission. Well, that's pretty great. 
tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up with your mom? Did she emphasize your Mexican roots and traditions? Keeping up with my cultural traditions, um, I, it's kind of like you just do it. It's not really a, a question whether you will or not. It's how we blend, though, being a first generation. If I'm really honest, Jackie, I've struggled over the years because my Mexican roots tell me that I should have babies and be in the kitchen and cooking. And then my American side says, you know, go out and live, be an entrepreneur, build something. And now I have the task of combining both and still connecting with my mom. Did you grow up with your grandparents here as well? Well, I, I had them alive, but all my grandparents were in Mexico, so I didn't have the pleasure of getting to know them in that way. I got to see them, you know, maybe twice a year if that. Um, they're not very close by. They're a plane ride away of six hours. But given the disparities between income, between here and there, it's been a stretch. So I didn't grow up with them as much as I would have liked to. So culturally, is there a difference between the role of a mother in a family in Mexico versus a cultural role for an American mother? Oh, absolutely. I think there's a big difference between enmeshment versus, you know, independence. So in the therapy world, we talk about, you know, the American mom is like, go get them, honey, go, you know, go out there, live, build, learn. And yet I've noticed that, you know, Latinx moms, Latinas, they're more of like, no, honey, you need to stay home and be a great mom, great cook, be, you know, the domestic engineer. And both of those cultures really clash against one another, unless you have, you know, the modern woman that understands that you can combine both. And I think that my mom did a really great job at preparing me to be a well-developed woman, but there's still that sense of like, okay, you've built an empire, now you still need to have some kids, which I do want to do, but it's that pressure of like, now we're the grandkids, where's the, where's the husband? <laughs> so oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Right, as an Italian, as an Italian, it's your life worth is not complete until you have some babies. Yeah, well, it, I, it's definitely changed, but I can understand. And immediately, my first thought is, well, you can do both. You can have your business, and you can have a family as well, because that's where we are, and we're lucky. Mm-hmm. I agree. And your parents will be there to help with the grandkids, I'm sure. You know, it's so funny, Jesse. I'm going to tell you this in transparency, so I'm going to share this with you. I recently became a fur mama to my little Lola. She's a teacup Yorkie. She's three months. And, you know, for, for years, here we are, Jackie, for years, my parents have been like, if you have kids, you're on your own. Like, you have to raise them. They're your responsibility. I got little Lola, and they're just crazy about her. They help me with her. They feed her. They treat her like a little grandchild. So it's a preview to what's to come. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it's all good. It's all good. Just yeah, make sure you, awesome. you, you're you in a good place when you decide to, because it's a big step. It's not like getting a puppy, and because we just got another dog. We just got a puppy as well. And it's a lot of work. I feel like I have yeah, a new baby in the house. Yes, exactly. Little Lola is like a baby. She's trouble walking. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you have this relationship with your mom. Can you tell us how exactly she expressed herself or how did she show her feelings toward you? That's a great question. So I'm really big, obviously, you know, as a therapist in regards to attachment styles and love languages, and it, it hasn't been easy. If I'm really transparent, Jackie, it's been a journey. So my mom and I 
haven't always had this relationship. We've had to go to a lot of sessions of therapy, a lot of communication, a lot of sniffles and, you know, just tears with some mascara rolling down. And what I mean by that is she let me know that she loved me by, when I was younger, it would either be by let me feed you or let me buy you things. So her love languages is let me do for you and let me buy you things. That's, those are her two main love languages. And I know now as an adult that goes to therapy for years and years, it's been eight years of a long journey of self-development and insight to know that my mom did the best she could with what she knew and what she had. And still, I needed this emotional connection that wasn't quite there yet that I've now built more of with her as an adult. Now I know that as a kid, I needed more quality time and physical affection. She didn't get that as a kid from her caretakers or her mom role models. So how could she give it to me? And so that's one thing that you wanted, a physical embrace, not a gift or a new, a new present of some sort. Correct, exactly. It was more of, let me show you through purchases that I love you. Wow, what is, and what is her relationship with her mom? Is her mom still alive? She's not, no. My grandmother actually passed away uh, several years back, but uh, she didn't grow up with her biological mother. In fact, she was actually given away months old to her aunt, which is her mom's sister, and her aunt raised her. And it was a pretty abusive home in many different ways, physically, mentally, sexually, all kinds of ways. And due to that trauma, my mom, I think, generationally passed down that fear and the lack of processing of that abuse. So even though I personally didn't experience a lot of that, I got a mom that was hypervigilant, not trusting of the world, or, you know, the world is out to get you. And that's something I really had to troubleshoot throughout the years, even as an adult, and telling myself her story, not mine. And yet I empathize with her of what she went through. How old were you when you found out what her experience was? Great question, Jackie. I think I was a little too young. I actually was six years old when my mother shared with me her experiences of sexual abuse and physical abuse with her family uh, members. And I think now looking back, that probably was a better conversation served at a later age of development when a young adolescent and or adult is able to fully comprehend what what that means or what that looks like. And I can imagine that she never got any therapy or anything for any of this, or did she? Absolutely no, because culturally, you know, in the Mexican culture, that's a no-no. You only go to, like, the therapist or shrink when you're crazy, crazy. And we all know we don't want to go there. So, yeah, there's a huge cultural stigma in the Latinx community about getting mental health services. Oh, gosh. It could help so much and save so much time that just opening the door, allowing people to not keep it locked in anymore, that's really difficult. Yeah, they say actually that we're only as healthy as the secrets we keep. Well, that's pretty true, right? Mm -hmm. Let's, you know what, we often talk about uh, mother-daughter. What about mother-son conflicts? Do you deal with that in your practice? I do, actually. It's very few and far in between, I think, just because of the cultural aspect. More so culturally, if it's a boy, it's, oh, my son, let me cook for you. Let me, let me do for you. Let me show up. The daughter is the one washing the dishes, washing the clothes, or it's like, help me do, quote-unquote, woman duties. Whereas the males, the sons with their mom, it's either or. It's either, you know, they're the baby, no matter how old or grown of a man they are, or they just avoid to the max 
that relationship and they just do with what they have. I feel I'm a personal believer that when there's a high level of conflict between two or more people, that shows that one or most one or more parties are invested in the relationship still. When there's no conflict, that's a huge red flag that both parties, if not one, is no longer invested. Their, their lights are on, no one's home, they're checked out. And I see that a lot, actually, with male relationships and their moms when they just, you know, I ask, how's your relationship with mom? And they're like, oh, it's just there. They checked out already. There's no wanting to deeper connect with them. Is it because they've been kind of pampered and spoiled, the mama's boy syndrome? Or they just never thought to start expressing themselves emotionally? Yeah, that's a good question. Like I said, it's either or from what I've experienced. So it's either they're just mama boys and they're proud of it and they're close with mom and they're great. Or they themselves have never had a role model to show them how to further connect with a female mom, sister, or any female. They either didn't have that male role model to show them or they did play husband instead of son. So they are what you call the pseudo partner. Oh, that gets really complicated. Oh, yeah. Jackie, we could be here for weeks on end. <laughs> Wait, okay. Well, you can definitely come back. <laughs> yeah. Mostly is with female Latinx Latinas and their mamas because we call them difficult mamas for a reason. I mean, they just, they have so many different aspects to work through that it's, it's great work. Are the women your mom's age, her same generation, are they willing to do the work or do they not know how to open up? Yeah, I think that is the truth of the matter. I don't think it's like the not wanting to. It's more so of the how do I do this and how do we survive this together? Because it does open up a lot of, it opens up a can of worms. So I would say a majority don't know how to do the work. And a few percentage of any are like, nope, nope, not doing that, not today. So with my mom, that was the case for many years. I literally, Jackie, I fought that battle till the day I die. And I fought it for four years. Every day I'd be like, hey, mom, you know, are you open to therapy? And she's like, nope, I'm not crazy. I'm not going. Four years later, you know, I had to really just, I had to bribe her, if I'm honest. I bribed her with lunch. I drove her to her first appointment. I waited in the waiting room. It was like taking the child to kindergarten. And then, you know, she walked out and she was like, okay, it wasn't that bad. And then I offered to pay for all of it, even until today. I still pay for her therapy sessions as long as she goes. Is she still going? still going and I love that about her because it shows me her efforts and she's a she's a spokesperson now for therapy she says oh my gosh I'm gonna miss my appointment I love it <laughs> yeah it worked about it worked that's fantastic worked. oh she's got to free those demons yeah so after that you know once the individual work has been done we started to go to family therapy her and I and like I said that opened up a whole other can of worms but you know we're still working through it and I think the message I really want to give to all the listeners is it's not like magically there's a pill or just snap your fingers and everything's better. It's literally what they call work. But the most important thing is to know, is this relationship something you want to invest in? Is it worth it? And the answer is always yes, right? We say we love our moms, but what are we doing to build a further connection with them? Who's more likely to reach out to you? Is it the child or the teen or the young adult that wants to come and start talking about the conflicts, or is it the adult? 
You know, I've had experiences with both. It's very rare that the mom will come to me just due to, like, the age difference and or the modernity of, you know, mental health services being being hip now, being cool or just being okay. Nowadays, therapy is like taking a shower. People say, oh, I spoke to my therapist. But the older generation, and when I say older, I would say any anybody probably within the ages of, like, 50 and up, they probably are not aware that it's very it's very okay to go to therapy. So for the most part right now, I have most of the daughters and sons and children coming to me, adults, right, saying, I really want to connect with my mom. How do I do it? And when the mom is not willing to go, we start with them first. I teach them communication skills. I teach them how to decode the secret language of mama. When mom says, you never call me, you don't even like my food, what she's really saying is, I love you and miss you. When are you coming? Oh, it's so simple, those simple little things that get misconstrued. Right, right. It's a message. And what's the percent of success, do you think? Or is that even measurable? Yeah, that's a great point. So I would say that a success that's measurable is the following. Do you feel you further connect with mom? Can you have deeper and more loving conversations? Can you get past a conflict? And once again, I didn't say not have conflict. Can you get past the conflict and continue on building that relationship? I'm really big on if you're continuing to have conflicts, that means you're still fighting for the relationship. That's good. It's can we fight in a healthy manner? I said it before very jokingly, but with my mom, I'll say, you know what, mom? Listen, I hear you. You're screaming. Tell you what, right now it's about 2.30. I have time at 4. Let's schedule a fight at 4 o'clock. What say you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And it's okay. And then I schedule it for four, Jackie, and then she forgets about it. She's like, okay, I'm done. It, it really, it, it, um, it calms down the fight to where we're able to do it in a healthy manner. Yeah, the yelling is, it's, you don't resolve anything when both parties are yelling, right? It's good to step back and then have a conversation. That's really important fact, I think. Exactly. And it's not always perfect. I mean, there's some yelling there, but I mean, we, we definitely, it's, it's the continued work, right? As long as there's no physical and or danger towards either person, conflict is healthy. Yeah, I think so. Right. There's a time and a place to listen, and there's a time and a place to be able to express yourself. Exactly. What? And I Go ahead. that's a great something that we actually teach in our course. So we actually coach a lot of men and women. Um, to how to have better relationships with their mama. Our course is actually Latinx with Difficult Mamas. And we teach them the communication techniques, boundaries, how to lovingly connect with their mom, and it's a 12-week program. And I'm so excited for, you know, your audience or just others to hear about the success stories. We actually had one woman that wasn't even talking with their mom to now scheduling, like, a weekly, like, going to meet with them for lunch or a mani and petty or just, you know, a phone conversation. It's important. I mean, some kids don't really want to put the effort into changing or to take the time to have a conversation with their mom. And they kind of have to grow up. Is that a bad way to put it? But they have to want to put the effort in, too. I'm assuming if they come to you, they want to resolve the conflicts. Uh, that's a great question. Um, when only one party is willing to put in the work, there's really going to be an unbalance. And I've been in that position before where I was doing the work and my mom wasn't at one point. 
And there has to be this sense of like accountability, but also gracefully holding them accountable to where if they're going to complain that something's not happening in the relationship, that they also have to put in the work and what it looks like. So it's the idea of you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So it's just sharing like, hey, mom, listen, if you want better communication, if you want to spend more time together, here's your part. Here's what you need to do in order to further connect with me. Here's what I'm doing to connect with you. Let's meet in the middle. Yeah, both parties definitely have to want to want this because it will only take longer. I don't know if a resolution could be found if it's only a one way. Right. There's a beautiful um, quote, I believe, I found on, and I don't know if it was in one of your videos, but it's, if you want to see change in the world, you have to begin with yourself. That's right. Mm-hmm. If I want to meet kinder people, I need to be the one holding the door. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's a simple little thing. I would agree. Um, so that could actually be adapted to a lot of your listeners with their moms. You know, we have a lot of, as humans, we have a lot of unmet needs, right? I mean, that's just human nature. We are, we're insatiable, right? And if there's something that we're still needing, we have to really dig deep and ask ourselves, are we providing that to our moms? If we want understanding, if we want non-judgmental conversation, are we providing that? I also liked the quote, we are not our titles, we are not our traumas. Yeah, yeah. I think that definitely applies. And I think that applies to people who are also ready to do the work. Because I'll share with you, Jackie, that there's a lot of people that want to have change, that want to have deeper connections, even with their mamas. But they are not in a space yet to understand what is and what isn't trauma. And just to be clear... Trauma is anything that changed the structural for us to trust and attach positively in a healthy manner to others. Can you say that again? Trauma is? Trauma is anything that changed our ability to trust and attach to others in the world in a healthy manner. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't have to, we don't have to have that moniker on our head. We don't have to live with that for the rest of our lives. Right, right. It's just knowing the time and place to be able to unpack so then we make room for what we do want. My guest is Zilat Lopez, CEO, founder, and clinical director of Vita Therapy out of Studio City, California. Zilat, is there a website that my listeners can go to? What's the best way they can get information about you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the website is actually um, Latinx with difficultmothers.com. And you can find us across the board at our practice at Viva Therapy. So that's for YouTube, that's for Facebook, that's for Instagram. So they're more than welcome to go to Latinx with difficultmothers.com and they can find all our information right there. I thank you so much for joining me. It's been wonderful. And this is the very first time that we spoke. So um, I, I loved your energy and I love your passion. And thank you for sharing your expertise on Should Have Listened to My Mother. Absolutely. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for having us.